I had a, a patient who had a breast reduction who, she was younger, did a breast reduction and the, the tissue came back and showed cancer cells. So often these conditions have some calcification which would show up on a mammogram. These didn't, so it wouldn't have. So the fact that she had a breast reduction and we did all the right things, sent the tissue off, that would never have been picked up by routine mammograms until it was way too late. Hey ReFam, my name's Kate and welcome back to Keeping It Real, the podcast that loves a mammogram. Today we're chatting about how breast surgery can impact screening for breast cancer, both before and after the operation. Every patient who has a breast reduction or lift with us has the removed tissue sent to pathology who test it for a variety of things, including cancerous cells. Richard and Kim reveal how common it is for this report to come back flagged how reductions or implants can impact your future mammograms, and why genetic testing could affect your decision to get an abdominoplasty. Uh, All right, so today I want to talk about breast cancer screening um, after having breast surgery, but also kind of what the processes we have in place for before as well as as some preventative stuff. Um, So I've noticed that whenever people have breast reduction or breast lift around a certain time, they typically get sent to go have a mammogram before they have the surgery. Mm-hmm. What's the kind of playbook behind that? Breast screen Victoria is awesome um, and also throughout Australia there's breast screen which um, provides women um, over 50 with a um, – they get sent an invitation to come and have routine screening from 50 to – it might be to – 65 or 70 I'm not actually Mm. sure the upper end Mm. Um, however a patient actually told me this quite a few years ago is that you can access free mammograms through breast screen every two years from the age of 40 so generally when I'm seeing a um, a woman uh, for any type of breast surgery and they're over 40 and certainly if they have any family history of breast cancer which is not uncommon because one in eight women in Australia get breast cancer so if you've got eight relatives it female relatives it's not uncommon that um, one of them at some point has had breast um, cancer and so I usually just say to them look just log in online use your Medicare um, card you don't even you don't have to have a referral you can it shows you all the sites close to you what's available just book in um, and then I always say to those patients get when you're filling it out put your regular GP's details on it and my details on it as well so we both get a copy of the results because when you book to go through breast screen Victoria the only the patient actually gets the result normally right. but they they'll send it to whoever the patient wants it to so that just saves one extra step that our end or the patient has to do sending us yep. the result and why do they need to get a mammogram before a breast surgery um, it's, it's just better to be informed, um, then, uh, so we examine breasts beforehand and hopefully all our patients are self-examining as well, but, um, someone that's coming to see us, particularly for a breast reduction, it's really, really difficult to ex- assess all their breast tissue. Um, granted it's quite difficult for a mammogram to assess all of that as well, um, which is part of the issue and a good reason to have a breast reduction. Um, so for, um, does, you know, if if something is obviously abnormal, we want patients to find that out before having surgery, not afterwards um, as an unexpected finding. Yeah, well, um, and the reason for that is if if you do find a breast cancer in the um, 
in the specimen. So every time we do a breast reduction, all the tissue goes off to pathology, so it all gets checked. But if you've had a breast reduction and then they find cancer cells, it's likely that you would then need a mammogram. And if that was able to be picked up prior to the surgery, then obviously the surgery that you need is different to a breast reduction. Now, unfortunately, that's not foolproof, as I found out earlier this year uh, or last year maybe. Um, I had a a patient who had a breast reduction who she was younger um, and did a breast reduction and the, the tissue came back and showed cancer cells. So often these conditions have some calcification which would show up on a mammogram these didn't so it wouldn't have so um the fact she had a breast reduction and we did all the right things sent the tissue off that found actually found a breast cancer for her um which she subsequently had to have treated but um that would never have been picked up by routine mammograms until it was way too late yeah yeah so you actually found it well before it would have been yeah, – she yeah, would yeah. have been able to feel it herself. Absolutely. Um, no, it was um, it was in situ disease still, which is mm. before it becomes to the point where it can spread. And then and we referred her um, on to some cancer specialists and she was very, very well worked up with – she had genetic screening and a whole lot of other things to work out the, the best um, pathway forward. Yeah, right. um, it wasn't one of those straightforward ones where, oh, this is a cancer and you, this is what we do. Yeah. There was a whole lot of other sort of considerations that potentially could have been left and watched, could have had radiotherapy and watched, um, but, you know, she, she was provided with the best information. And I also, in terms of the calcification, that it just sets that new baseline so that if you're having the one before the surgery yeah. in case that there is any calcification in surgery and then they do one six months after, there's like a baseline of yeah. understanding is opposed to if you'd never had one and then had one later, it could be like, oh, yeah, that's – or they'll yeah. be like, oh, Correct. my God, there's calcification. You probably have breast cancer and send you off, but really it's just from – Correct. Surgery. And the other thing is that um, I guess there's a bit of a conception that when we are doing the surgery, if there's any abnormality, we're going to see it. So mm. um, we see little breast cysts really common. Those are common things. But um, if you're taking off 100 grams or a kilo or you're not – we are not cutting through all that tissue. We, we're making that you've everyone's seen the drawings of what we do to do a breast reduction surgery. And we basically cut the tissue out underneath that as a chunk. So if there's any abnormal cells, oftentimes they're microscopic, but even if there's a lump inside of that, we're not going to see it. So people don't often say after a surgery, like, you know, when did it go? Okay, yeah, but did, did you see anything abnormal? And it's like, well, I don't think I've ever seen anything abnormal because you'd, yeah, you just don't. You occasionally just see don't. like a cyst, which you kind of know is a cyst. And if it's in the area where you're cutting uh, the tissue out, I'll sometimes send that as a separate right. specimen. Uh, but commonly I'll have a patient who has, um, you know, lumpy breasts. And they say, oh, can, I've got a, I know I've got a fibroadenoma here or here and can you cut that out during the surgery? Mm-hmm. Um if it's in the zone that we're cutting out, then we can. But if it's outside the zone, then you can't. Yeah, um, yeah. we wouldn't and, go and chasing you, after. Yeah, and like you, that. you can't, as Kim's saying, you can't really ident- locate that lump when you're in the operation. And when you're sending off um, the tissues to pathology, which I know mm-hmm. you guys do after every 
breast surgery that mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. take some. Do you send everything or you just do like a biopsy kind of all of a biopsy but you I just put it all in there because it gets okay. all weighed together so it just all goes. Yeah, right, right, right. So they go so that nothing's getting missed. Like mm. Yeah, we're not selecting of the breast tissue what goes. Yeah. It's all it's all, all the breast tissue goes. How common is it to have patients come back with um, any kind of like red flags or abnormalities or anything? Very uncommon. I, I think the late, the last number I saw was maybe one in 4,000 patients. Uh, I don't know whether that's been ever updated, but that, that was the number that we always used to quote. Um, but that's pretty uncommon. I've, yeah. I've, yeah. I've had it once. I've had one actual breast cancer and it was probably – eight years ago or so, um, and she and we went back. She'd had a mammogram. She'd actually seen a breast surgeon before her surgery as well. Um, I'm not even quite sure why, but she'd seen. And so they went back and looked at all of her scans and everything, and there was nothing that they could have seen. Um, and then in the last couple of years, I've had two that have had not – they've had LCIS, so mm-hmm. in situ, so that stands for lobular mm-hmm. – um, carcinoma in situ, which DCIS is the more common one. So the lobular one, and it was tiny areas in two t- t- totally different patients. And that is a marker of their potential to get a breast cancer down the track. And so, um, again, sent them both off to a breast cancer specialist and neither of them were having any further surgery or any further treatment, but it just alerts um, both of those patients that they're they're higher risk over time, so they get higher amount of screening. Which, if they hadn't had the breast reduction, they would probably have never known. So again, like at least it it gives information, so they can be aware and a bit more vigilant over time. Just to steer us back to the mammograms for a bit. What about getting mammograms after you've had a reduction or a lift? Does that impact it at all? Um, so. One of the reasons to do, as we've alluded to, one of the reasons to do it before is to exclude anything because in the immediate time after breast surgery, um, it's it's more difficult to interpret a mammogram. So you could have a mammogram, but there'll be internal scarring. Um, and so they'll, the radiologist might be looking at something that, you know, looks like scar, maybe look could be a tumour, and it's a bit harder to tell. Um, and so you might end up having a biopsy that maybe you didn't need to have. So there's certainly a period after. I usually say about two years. It's probably less. Um, but as a guide, it's about two years, which is why we would always recommend a, a mammogram, for, certainly for anyone over 45, but maybe as Kim said before, maybe if you can get one done um, through breast screen, you could even do it from 40. Mm-hmm. What about people who have an augmentation? Does that impact their mammograms? So they can still have a mammogram. Um, a lot of the time women that are having augmentation are probably younger than that age group, although, you know, 40s and 50s still um, get done. And so um, I always say, look, when it, when you're due to have your routine screening, you can absolutely have that. There's special techniques that um, the radiographers use because when they're doing the mammogram, it's for the breast screening not for looking at the implant so it's purely aimed at looking at the breast tissue and so um, as long as you tell the um, staff that you've got implants then they um, it's safe to have a mammogram if there's a question about 
the implant, then a mammogram's not the best test. So we often, if a patient's got implants put, or a younger patient that has a lump at all, you put mammogram plus minus ultrasound. Um, and if you've got a specific question that's more so what's going on with the implant or around the implant itself, then an MRI is actually the better test rather than a mammogram or an ultrasound. So there are a few other options and a few other different scenarios for those patients with implants. But if it's purely everything feels fine, everything looks fine, if it's purely your routine breast screening at 50 and you've got implants, don't be afraid of getting your routine screening. It's still really important. Um, And also because the implant is underneath all of the breast tissue. So whether it's under the muscle or just under, uh, or if it's, in front of the muscle, the breast tissue is still the closest bit to the surface yeah. um, than the implant, so they can they can image it appropriately. Yeah, and I know we've talked about um, people being you know 40, 45. What about if somebody came in and they were reading as a high risk patient for breast cancer, but say they were getting a breast reduction at like thirty five? Would you then stipulate a mammogram, or is it? Probably a mammogram, um, but if they've got a very strong family history, and this is usually already been taken care of, they, they, they would probably have had genetic counselling um, because there are some certain genes which put you at high risk of breast cancer. So they may have already had the genetic testing done as well, but that would be something. I've had a few patients who've come in, like their auntie had breast cancer, their you know, multiple aunties, and there's also different cancers on the male side that, a part yeah, of the same gene. I saw that they said it was important <clears throat> important to distinguish whether it was mother, or like maternal or paternal. Um, yeah, yeah, but uh, a history of, say, pres- prostate cancer can be related to the same gene. Wow. So, it, you know, if, if there's a strong family history of prostate cancer and breast cancer all on that same side, then that's possibly a red flag. Um, and then, you know, there, there are special units set up for counselling because... There are implications in having that test done. You know, it's not like just having a uh, a routine blood test because there's important ramifications for uh, life insurance, health insurance, all sorts of things. So um, you need proper counselling before you have that test. Right, right, right. And uh, yeah, I had a p- patient last week that I saw that's waiting on genetic testing, and she's had come to see me for a breast reduction, and I sort of talked her through, and I was like, "Look, have you thought through?" if you've got the gene or if you don't, what how that's going to change things. And she'd clearly already thought about it. She was like, even if I've got the gene, I am, yep, that's going to be, bank that information. I still would want to go ahead with my breast reduction surgery now, complete my family, do what I need to do, and then maybe consider the mastectomies, what's recommended down the track. So I was like, you know, at least having that knowledge if she has a gene or not, like she's thought yeah. through the processes of what she would do following that. When it comes to that BRCA1, BRCA2, um, they, you know, there are some times that people might do just a breast reduction as a preventative thing, like maybe in her case where she's not ready to commit to mm. the um, full mastectomy and that's kind of just reducing the breast tissue. Would that be like a call that you guys would ever make or that would be something they discussed like with an oncologist? Oncologist. Yeah. yeah. They, breast cancer surgery. It's, yeah, because it's definitely – it's. I don't think a breast reduction you could call a risk-reducing procedure. You could say, look, you know, if you've got massive breasts, it's going to make your ability to self-examine easier, maybe the ability to do mammograms, ultrasounds a bit easier, but it's not taking away – like I would never say this is 
having only a breast reduction is going to take away your risk the same as having full mastectomies would be. Yeah. And that's, yeah, the conversation that we not our area of expertise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if someone's got that information, has had that consultation with an oncologist and said, look, you know, I'm I'm not prepared to have that sur- full surgery at this point in time, then They proceed. also said, and I'm sure this is a conversation also for um, breast cancer uh, specialists, but they said um, sometimes they offer breast reduction, for, like if for women with early stage cancer, in lieu of a lumpectomy, like if they have really big breasts and that um, cancer is kind of localised to the part that you were cutting out anyway. Is that anything that you've like ever dealt with before? Yeah, I have. Um, When I worked in public hospital and used to do breast reconstruction and so, um, yeah, working with a breast surgeon, um, there are definitely breast surgeons that are trained to do those type of uh, breast procedures for cancer now so they would maybe less so be involving a plastic surgeon but yeah these days it wouldn't really be something that either of us would get even involved in the meetings for those kind of because normally it's a um many team members of the meeting because they would if they're doing a lumpectomy or a breast reduction for a breast cancer they're commonly going to need radiotherapy afterwards so there's a lot a lot involved in that kind of discussion and forward planning and those those kind of ones, a breast surgeon would be because I can I know they're getting the plastic surgeons for a full like reconstruction, mm-hmm. but for those smaller ones, it depends on the the surgeons and the units and their training. And yeah, sometimes they do them in conjunctions. Sometimes they do them on their own. How does being high risk for breast cancer impact you having a tummy tuck? Great question. Mm. It's done a lot of research <laughs> today. Uh, <clears throat> So, so it's an interesting one because um, the, the, the re- relationship comes about because the most common or the best reconstruction for after a mastectomy is to take the skin from your lower tummy. So we, and Kim and I used to do this, we take the skin from the lower tummy based on a blood vessel and then reconnect it to a blood vessel in the chest. So if you've had a tummy tuck, that is then um, off the table so you can't use that tissue again. Um, and, and so if you're high risk, uh, or someone had a strong family history, whatever, you'd probably want to have that conversation. Having said that, there's now a whole, there's like other flaps now people, um, have developed like other reliable areas of the body where they can take tissue, generally not as much tissue to take. Um, it's not quite as good an operation, but there, there still are some alternatives, um, or an implant reconstruction. But generally with breast reconstruction, I think we both usually felt that um, where possible, if you could use your own tissues, it was better. Oh, right. I think what was interesting is reading, you know, there was a study that came out of Toronto where it was like 19,000 people and about 100 of them came back, maybe not with full-blown cancer, but anything that kind of indicated that to kind of show how small those numbers are in terms of what Mm. people should be worried about you know, not seeing like a correlation between a breast reduction and breast cancer or anything. Is there anything you want to talk about in terms of that for people? You know, as Kim said, the incidence of breast cancer is about one in eight. We certainly don't see it in one in eight specimens. Yeah, right. um, but I, I think the take home is that we always do send off all the tissue. So it all does get checked. Uh, so there's reassurance in that. It's a very uncommon situation to find yourself in, but 
if it happens, then we've got other people that we would involve that can take care of that side of things as well. And the only other final point I would add, a community service announcement for all the women that are listening, if you don't self-check your breasts once a month, um, then start doing that. So whether you're had surgery, contemplating surgery um, or not, <laughs> um, know what your breasts are like. Uh, and certainly I say to the women that have after they've had surgery, your breasts are totally different to what they were before. So get to know the, your new boobs, whether they're bigger or smaller, um, and know what's where because, you know, lumps and bumps and weird things are normal in breasts, but to know what's in the places where they now are um, and then just regularly check them and anything that's abnormal or changed, get it checked out. If you liked this episode of Keeping It Real, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, why don't you have a flick through our past episodes? We'd love to hear your requests for future topics. So send your suggestions through to us on IG at Replastic Surgery. That's all for today. And we'll catch you next time for another peek into the world of plastic surgery.